You are listening to Abnormal Spaces. I'm Donnie. I'm Ryan. In this podcast, we discuss conceptual realities, the researchers, authors, and explorers who describe and define them, as well as our personal experiences in these abnormal spaces. In this episode, we discuss whether or not humans have free will, the theoretical evidence of predeterminism, the compatibility with non-duality, and their relation to the field of narrative psychology. So I was listening to this um, this video. I guess I was watching it and listening to it. Uh, but anyway, this uh, physicist was somewhat defending her position on the lack of free will, and and she actually drew a line essentially from non-duality to there being no free will. And it touched on a lot of the things that we've talked about in the past, like how we don't know where a thought originates from, and as soon as we try to conceptualize where that thought came from, that's another thought, and you can't ever get back to that first thought. And so kind of where she was going with it was there are certain things that are determined, predetermined, and then there are things that are random. And the two actually work together. So it's not like one erases the other or, you know, disconfirms the other, I guess is what I should say. It's not, it's not that they are incompatible. It's just you have to accept that there are things that happen the same way every time. And then there are things that are random. And her point basically is since you can't figure out where that thought came from. And since you have to accept that some things are random, you also have to accept the fact that when you're making a decision is based on all of these other things that you don't have control over. Number one, number two, uh, although we do have, uh, through a lot of, um, experimentation and, and research, we, we do have a pretty good understanding of how decisions and opinions are actually developed in the brain. We still don't have the kind of control that we think we have over that. And so that was basically her position was that, you know, you, you can't really say that you have carte blanche free will when you don't even have control over where the thoughts originate from in the first place, how you make the decisions. And it's true. The way that humans, or at least the way we understand now, the way humans make decisions it's an electrochemical process and it is based on a lot of prior information and fallible information too, as far as, you know, incomplete memory, et cetera. So essentially her point was that if all of these other things are true, the way we believe them to be true, then that means that 
you don't 100% have free will. And I just thought that was really neat because we've talked several times about thoughts and where they generate from and what they do and what they mean, etc. And um, she used the example of like a photon. It typically bounces one way or whatever. And they're saying, well, yeah, but what if it bounced the other way? And she's like, well, sure, yeah, what if? But we haven't observed that and we don't have a way to make it do that. So at the end of it all, that was it, it is somewhat unsatisfying because there is no answer. But I just I was like, oh, yeah, man, that's that fits in with a lot of the stuff that we talk about. I thought it's exactly what we talk about all the time. And me and Sabin just talked about this last night, which is weird that we are just talking about it now. Yeah. It's just random, but that's where this story comes in. And we were like, oh, that's that's a synchronicity. Yeah. Or that's a, um, everything has to happen for a reason because, because we were just talking about this last night. And then now we're talking about it now and we haven't talked. Right. You. Yeah. Um, but that's just more story. I started thinking about it last night. I was watching a video by this lady named Candace Silvers. She's like a, an energetic healing person, but she also like has some kind of human behavioral workshops and things. And, you know, normally I'm kind of like me, me, <laughs> yeah. but, um, for some reason I'd heard a couple of things from her and I was like, well, that's interesting. And then I saw some videos of like her going to Bali and that's where she learned all this crazy, like, I mean, it was just like the documentary, um, sixth floor. Expanding possibility. These like authentic healers were doing these crazy things, man. Like, I mean, it's stuff that, you know, like somebody comes in with like a crooked scoliosis back and like you start watching it get straight. Crazy. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This old man, he's just like sitting there with this little wooden poker thing and people just go up there and he just, he pokes certain places like between your toes and he's like, this is your heart. This is your this. This is your that. And then like when he hits a place that hurts you or mm -hmm. like sends a whatever, then he's like, oh, yeah, you got a problem here and you got a problem here. And then he does like this. Well, they do different things. One guy was smoking a cigarette and he used the tobacco smoke as like this. He would blow smoke on in your eye and shit. Like it was, it's just really <laughs> yeah stuff we don't know. You know, it's kind of like shaman yeah. type things. But it was interesting because the guy went up there and he said uh, he laid down and he poked, he pushed in on his leg, and the indent, the indention stayed there for. I mean, it just stayed there. Oh, weird. And he was like, "Your blood is it doesn't. It's too thick." Basically. And then so what he did, he took that little poker and he like poked him in a certain spot. And this guy was like, ow, you know, he's like, ah, yeah. ah, you know, like, and I was yeah. just like, dang, dude. Yeah. And then after that, he poked him in the same spot again on his leg and it just, it just bounced right back. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You know. Yeah. That was a ramble. But, um, going back to the free will thing. So we were talking about that and I watched some of this um, talk she was giving and I realized it was for a person maybe who, who was just hearing this stuff or maybe the first time. Nice. So like, uh, I have all these ideas from, you know, 
looking into this shit for so long, you get to a point where you feel like you can't hear anything else almost. Yeah. Uh, which is absolutely a trap. Yeah. Because your, your mind is just, it's come to a conclusion that you can't hear anything else. Yeah. Right. right. So that's the not free will part. Yeah. Where your mind comes in and says that. Yeah. It says anything. Yeah. And then you just follow it along blindly. Right. So, uh, you know, it's like if somebody just came in and was like, believe me, believe me, believe me, I wouldn't believe them. Right. Yeah. But in some weird way, we believe what this entity or whatever this thing is that we call me. Most people call me, but it's actually, this is funny because I said, uh, when, when Ella was a little, little girl, like little, like, I mean, like five. Mm-hmm. She used to call her mind, my think. Oh. <laughs> and whenever she said that, I was like, that's genius because yeah. she doesn't know any better. Right. And what she's seeing is it's my think. There's, yeah. a, there's this thing called a think. Right. And it's mine. Yeah. But I'm not it. Yeah. And you have yours and I have mine. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh that's when I was like, whoa, that was the only time I've ever really seen it in real time like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was started thinking about that and I was like, well, there's like this imposter. It's almost like, it's like a, uh, a phantom that just randomly parades around and we are, we become a slave to it, uh, because that's all we know. Right. But actually it's nowhere to be found ever. We can't find it. And it also claims that we can go places other than here and now. Like we can project into the future of, mm-hmm. of whatever, or we can go into the past. But th- that phantom mind, whatever we call it, thinking, it is random based on apparently, and, and this is another story. So this is when it gets sticky and whenever it's kind of, I think you're coming to a crossroads is whenever you see that the story is pretty much all, it's all unprovable. Right. Yeah. So you can't prove a future outcome and you can't prove anything that happened in the past. Right. And people are like, well, there's pictures of the past. What if I get a picture or what if I watch a, a movie of the past? I'm like, well, so the story comes in, you're watching this video. And and it says, that was me when I was 19. Right. But you're watching that now. Right. And that doesn't prove that you were, were ever 19. Right. Even though our our culture and our, it, it teaches us to believe, obviously, duh. Right, yeah. Right. There's the proof. But I'm just talking about right now. Yeah. That's all there is. So there's just this. Yeah. Ever. There's only ever this. There only ever has been this. There only ever will be this. Uh, yeah, and those have been and will be, this makes that possible. Yeah. To even say that. Yeah. This is just me talking. I'm not like giving, I'm not giving information like, <laughs> like, like this is the way it is. Uh, yeah. This is just for me personally. But I realized after listening to Candace Silver's how much I am not here. Yeah. Because after I listened to that, I started becoming hyper aware mm-hmm. for a little while of trying to be here. Or, well, I know I'm already here, but trying to 
be engaged fully with what's presently in front of me without paying attention to the lies and the stories that yeah. are constantly going on. Yeah. And it is impossible, it seems. Yeah. At first. So this is what's interesting. Now, now I've got this whole new kind of outlook or something like before I was like, well, there's nothing you can do to bring about anything. And there's nothing, you don't have free will. Right. So everything we talk about is a paradox. Totally. Right. Yeah. yeah. So just knowing that everything's a paradox and that it can't make sense, it makes it a little easier to just kind of like uh, get the mind to go into a more dormant uh, type of state where you're not being controlled by it and where you are actually, instead of calling it this, mm -hmm. it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so one thing that I think is pretty interesting about that is, so there's this field of psychology, I think it's called narrative psychology or something like that. But anyway, essentially what it has to do with is when you tell yourself the story of yourself, which we all do. And, and what's interesting is we can't stop it, or at least no one has figured out yet how to. So with so many things, if you can't figure out how to stop it and you can't figure out where it starts, then the only thing you can do is grab a saddle and figure out how to ride it. So what this field of, of research and experimentation and, and um, thesis is, whatever the plural of thesis is. Um, Thesi. They, yeah, right. <laughs> it's probably something totally, totally different. Oh, plural is uh, theodicist. <laughs> but anyway, um, so an event happens in one's life, and they tell themselves a story about it so that they can understand it or whatever. And if you choose to make that story something that is, I'm, I'm trying to remember the two, basically there is um, a contamination or um, like, it's almost like an ascendant thing. So, but long story, somewhat shorter. If a person is able to tell themselves the story that, that not only makes sense uh, to them, but also uh, puts them more in charge or, more like they were on the way to something better. So like, let's say you have an event that happens and in that moment, there's some kind of negative or adverse outcome to your life. But a month later, you know, something great happens and that great thing would not have happened if the bad thing, whatever that was, happened. So when you tell yourself the story, if you are in that first you know, a week or so after the event and you're telling yourself, you know, this negative thing, you know, and this happened to me or whatever, then you're limiting yourself. And again, that's stuff we talk about all the time too. But if you put the end of the story for that chapter of whatever that event is, if you put it after the, the good part happened, then it's like a redemption. That's the thing is a redemption so it's redemption and contamination. So anyway, so then you're on this redemption arc, uh, and we all like that. Everyone, everyone wants to feel like the hero or like they've bested some, uh, foe or, you know, whatever the, the thing was holding them back from the thing they wanted. You know, now they've conquered that thing or whatever, and now they've achieved the thing they wanted to achieve. Anyway, those are all the things that we tell ourselves. And 
I can't remember if it's the second or the third episode where we were talking about that and like how there isn't an I and when we call our mind our mind as if it's separate from our body or as if it's a separate entity, that's just wild, but that's how most people conceive of it. And I just kept coming back to, yeah, man, it, it all comes down to what we choose to believe, how we choose to believe it. And yet we can't really control that. The only thing we can control is the story that we tell ourselves about whatever it is. And that's just wild to me because it really isn't a separate entity. I'm not telling myself the story of myself actively. That's all running in the background all the time. But when you get into a negative headspace, one of the things that you can do to combat that is to actively take over the narration role and reframe it into something that's going to work better for you. It's more palatable. Or so it seems. Or so it seems. I know. Uh, it, it's like the, the snake mm -hmm. eating its tail. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. The no choice of having a thought is the most perplexing thing ever because you can't not, you can't figure it out. Right. Because you figuring it out also is not a choice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you doing something to make uh, the thought go down or become uh, dormant or whatever I was just talking about, that's more of that. Yeah. It just seems like you can. And that's where everything gets stuck. Right. Because it seems like you are controlling the thoughts. Yes. And it seems like you are the thoughts. Yes. But what's interesting about that to me is that we're sitting in this room and I'm looking at everything in this room, looking at you. And, and it's like, this is given always now. And I say now for lack of a better term. I like this because whatever this is, it's always this. Yeah. So we didn't make this. Right. And we didn't have to do anything to have this moment. Right. Or whatever we call it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a moment. <laughs> whatever this, this aliveness is, we don't know anything about it. And we can't ever know anything about it because it's already given. The moment that you would know something about it, you've taken a step away from it. Right. In a way, because you can't ever step away from it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's what's kind of funny to me about the whole narrative thing is that that is a, yet another attempt to assert what we believe to be control over what is essentially uncontrollable. Yeah. So we have to tell ourselves that we can tell ourselves. And it's like, uh, can we though? I was in a uh, car wreck one time and completely my fault, but 
at the moment the other car hit my car, time moved so slowly. Because the car actually, my car flipped, it rolled into this ditch and rolled over into this field. And, uh, yeah. And as soon as that car hit, everything went into the slow motion and I was fully aware of what was happening. I was actually thinking about like the, <laughs> the dynamics of it, like the force of the other car and everything else. And when my car came to a stop, it was on the, the roof. So I was upside down and, um, I just nonchalantly like turn the engine off. And I remember getting the keys out of the ignition and putting them into my pocket. <laughs> and, uh, the girl I was seeing at the time, I, you know, I was like, are you okay? And, <laughs> and I'll never forget. She like licked her teeth to make sure all of her teeth were intact. And she's like, yeah, I think I'm good. And then I crawled out of the car. And as soon as I crawled out of the car, time resumed the normal speed. Yeah. And I've never experienced anything quite like that. Mm. If I knew that I could afford it and not get hurt, I'd probably get in a car wreck once a year. Um, <laughs> just, just to see if I could experience all that again. But yeah, the, I think that was one of the things. I mean, I already had all these, you know, big thoughts, uh, and unanswerable questions, but that whole deviation of my experience of time kind of set a lot of these thoughts into motion that I have today mm. because I, you know, I, I experienced it and I was like, okay, wait a minute. Time isn't real. The only thing that's real is my perception of the time. And that's not even necessarily real. That's just a, an algorithmic equation going on in the background. It's another story. <laughs> it's another story. Yeah. And it's a story that I didn't make up and that we all agree to loosely but but mostly i'll agree to and none of us made the story up none of us made any of the stories up yeah so how uh well i, I don't know a part of it i think is learned mm, the yeah. stories are learned and i don't know from year zero or one or like yeah. to year 10 that's when the stories are made yeah maybe like the core beliefs and stories because you you learn that you're a you and you learn that that's a that and you learn what's good and what's bad and what to do and don't touch that you you right. yourself right before you know it you already without your say so <laughs> you have become a quote person yeah <laughs> uh but as we've said before there's absolutely no difference at this moment between what you were when you were first born. Right. You're the same thing. You're the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's just, you're just awake. That's it. Well, and, and that also ties back to the no free will thing. I mean, you are the same as you were when you were born. Yeah. There's just awake. Yeah. And, and you don't even know when you were born. That's the thing. Yeah. There's, that's the story that mm -hmm. you were told as well. Yeah. Well, and, and like that also ties into how memory works, you know, we, and we've talked about that. But what I think is interesting is I don't believe any of this was designed by some designer. However, I do believe that our cognitive abilities appear to have adapted over time. And the memory function was not adapted to catalog every single detail. At the end of the day, all it was supposed to do was say, you know, one time I passed by this cave and a bear came out. 
So, <laughs> this cave, I'm not going in. Right. And I'm going to be cautious on all the other caves, too. That's it, though. And so, you know, when when we're in the current time that we live in and there's, you know, unprocessable amounts of information, you know, and then we try to debate whose memory of something was correct or who has more details or whatever. And I'm like, it's all subjective. It's all relative to your experiences. And you're never going to have all those details. And it's fine. I mean, those, and, you know, I look around, I'm like, half the details are irrelevant all day long anyway. 99% of the thoughts that circle around and around are the same thoughts all the time. Yeah. I don't know how you think, but I'm sure it's different for everybody. Sure. But I have pictures. I, I have like these loose, I don't, I don't even want to call them pictures. I just want to call them like these loose scenes of mm -hmm. something uh, where I can just kind of see it. Yeah. But I can't see it. Yeah. I don't know where it's at. You're right. Yeah. Um, and sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like so when you have a song stuck in your head. And mm -hmm. It seems like it's a bunch of different things happening at once, but it's actually not. Right. It's only one thing happening yeah. at once. You know? Yeah. One thought would contain the song and it would contain the idea that I don't want to go get a car oil change. <laughs> it sounds like a bummer. And. <laughs> It would also contain the image of me sitting in the oil place. Right. Uh, but that's all one thing yeah. happening. Yeah. But we perceive it as a bunch of different things. Yeah. Like you can have more than one at once. Yeah. But you can't. I listened to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about, like, you know, trying to take in as much uh, sensory input as possible for something that you want to really remember well. And I'm like, that's all well and good. But when I repaint it, yes, I'll have more to repaint that with, but it's still not going to be accurate no matter what I do. Mm. It's only going to be so accurate. And then, like, there are some people that when they have a thought, they, instead of picturing an item, they, like, see the word. And I think that's kind of fascinating. And then, like, how, like, if I say apple, um, you know, everyone's going to have an image of an apple and whether it's a red delicious or a granny Smith doesn't matter. And whether it's a 2d image or a 3d image doesn't matter. What I'm fascinated with was rarely is it an actual apple from my actual experience. And I'm sure with, with certain things, of course, it'd be different, but it's just really an amalgamation of all the apples I've ever experienced and whichever one kind of rises to the top is the one that pops first in my brain. Yeah. That's wild to me. Why wouldn't it be like the most delicious? Cause I personally, I like Brayburn apples. Uh, <laughs> and why wouldn't it be like the first time I had a Brayburn and me going, man, this is my kind of apple, but it's not, you know, why, why isn't it? Well, the why man, that's the whole thing is just why, 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 why. And what, what why does is keep you from being where you're at. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's amazing because it seems like you can practice this. And this is where the paradox comes in. It seems like I can practice being here and being in the moment of what I'm doing because what, how do I know? What's the, what's the barometer for that? Well, am I nervous? Am I? uncertain mm -hmm. uh am i like 
shaken uh, because I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because when I'm telling myself a story uh, or when it, whenever there's a story that is claiming to be true, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then that's what I'm paying attention to. And it has nothing to do with me sitting in the dentist chair actually getting a feeling. Right. It's, um, oh, this is going to hurt because I've, I've had it hurt before. Yeah. Which I don't even know that I really have. Right. Yeah. So it's about being here and experiencing and living Mm -hmm. the experience and not following this story that is a phantom that just you can't find ever. You'll never be able to find it. Right. And we have explanations for it, like neurons fire in the brain and the, and the hammer, 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 hammer. Yeah. And it's just like, so what? Right. Yeah. But what, here's what's crazy to me is like you were saying, we can practice this. We can, we can go, you know, and I, I am, I feel so liberated just letting go and saying, you know what? We're not going to know this stuff. And I'm totally good with that yet. Almost instinctively, I want to ask why first. And then I go, eh, it's not that big of a deal. But why? It's the story communicating with itself. Yeah, back to that snake eating his tail almost. Yeah, the story says, I don't care. And then it says, but. (laughs) Yeah, but you kind of do. But you don't do anything. Right, yeah. You're just this like... I've heard people call it all everything. You're like, you're just this space. You're just this awakeness. You're, you're just awake. It can't be known because it is everything. Right. Well, and like, just back to the whole thing of like, I am only a, an ordering of molecules separate from this chair. Like, Really, we're like 99% the same, me and this chair. Or a hundred. <laughs> or a hundred. Yeah. yeah, it's just ordered differently. You know, everything is energy. Well, then that means everything. Right, yeah. So. And does that mean nothing is energy, too? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The, the idea of nothing is energy yeah. moving as as this weird story. Yeah. It's wild. But the thing that the story has no sway over is this. Right. Right. So there's this always. Yes. That the story lives in. Yeah. Or it appears to live in. Right. Yeah. And it's the only time that it can happen. It's not even a time. It's it's where time lives. It's where the idea of time and the, the illusion of I can go there or I can project back to that or I can have a whatever it, I can. Yeah. Just that thought, I can. Yeah. That's where that lives. Yeah. And it has no bearing on this. Right. Uh, it doesn't do anything to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then just one step removed from that, I. What yeah, is, I. Exactly. What is, what is I? What is I that is so important? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it's almost like I is on, and that's it. <laughs> well, that's what it seems like, but to me... To me, to me, to me, <laughs> but whenever that shit happens, I'm just like, it's the one that makes reality. Yeah. It's the one that shapes reality because like actually everything is just a mirror of right. that story. Yeah. And there's only one story. Here's the thing that gets really weird. There's only one story. 
there's not seven billion stories or however many people in the world. Right. There's not that many stories going on. There's only one story. Yeah. That story is not unique. No. And it, there's only one of them. Right. And it's impossible for us believing that we are an individual to even like see that there's only one story. Going back to what I saw uh, yesterday, I was just like, oh, that's wild because you say they, we, I say they, them, I say uh, we, I say me. Uh, if yeah. you're standing up there talking and you say point to me, I point to you. Yeah. But it's all me. It, like, and, and I don't mean that like me, Ryan. Right. There's only one me. Yeah. <laughs> I, you yeah. know, so, and there's only one them. You know, like the other people in the room are looking at me as a them. Right. I'm yeah. looking at them as a them. Yeah. So there's only one them. There's not multiple thems. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a weird one to wrap, you know, to try to understand. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, like I'm not trying to understand that. It's just you get a moment of realization or something and, and, and it's only a, maybe a second or a fraction of a second where you feel like, like your stomach drops out a little bit or yeah. something, you know, and you're just like, mm, mm. you know, yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I guess. Well, you're not going to know anyway. So. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's all uh, somewhat frustrating and I, I just, I don't know. I, I really appreciate the people who like have really considered this and have, have, you know, tried to follow these thoughts and have, have, tried to put names to things and stuff. I mean, I, I do really appreciate that. And I, and I don't think it is not worthwhile. Um, I do think it is worthwhile. I think ultimately there really isn't an answer because there isn't really a question. Uh, and I think ultimately there really isn't an I versus a we or anything like that. However, it's easier to navigate this experience with some of those thoughts being shared by people who have thought them and, uh, and, and I'm able to find like some kind of, um, ballast <laughs> to, uh, to cling on to as I, as I try to work my way through this experience. And, and I understand as I'm saying that I'm not actively working my way through anything. I'm just trying to actively understand or at least make sure that I am experiencing things in the best way for me. And I, that comes out weird too. <laughs> cause it, cause it doesn't like totally line up with everything that I just said. Yeah. But for lack of a, a way to explain that, that's, that's, I do appreciate those people and I do appreciate those thoughts and I do appreciate, um, you know, the, the care that has gone into trying to figure out some of this stuff. Yeah, and and that's the story of you appreciating. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's what that's I mean. True. And so, so I'm not being like an asshole uh, saying this, but just to navigate, that's just happening. Like that's automatic, right? I don't have to navigate. I don't have to have these quote weird prof profound thoughts about these things. I don't have to do anything. I'm not actually doing anything. Right. There's yeah. actually not anybody here doing anything. Right. Yeah. 
Like, or nobody there or nobody anywhere doing anything. Like, we're not doing anything because we don't know how to do it. Right. It's being done. Yeah. Where's the thought come from? I'm going to go to the store today. Nah, I'm not going to go to the store today. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's mind blowing, like, in a way, because it's like, wow, you know, it all takes care of itself. Sure. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. And, um, and the clunky language aside, um, we're not, we're not saying necessarily different things. Right. Um, right. But, but yeah, it is paradoxical and, you know, and again, ultimately frustrating. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's what it is. Or, li- or liberating or, or liberating or, yeah. or whatever. Uh, just whatever that random thing, that random little phantom decides it is. Yeah, well, and I guess it's, it it's all it's all contextual too. It, it's it's frustrating if you really want some kind of answer to say, "Good, check the box. I know now." Right. Uh, but it's liberating when you're like, "Hey, turns out this is unknowable, and that's cool." <laughs> I do find some liberation. It's funny, it's like, well... You're saying ignorance is bliss. And I'm like, well, in some regards, yes, because it's a fruitless endeavor since I know already that I don't have the capacity to process that and to make sense of it. So that's okay. But you will always ask. Yes. And you'll always try to figure it out. (laughs) Because I can't stop that. Because you can't start it. And because I can't start it. That's right. (laughs) That's, That's the amazing thing. Yeah. To keep coming back to that is almost like this weird mantra or something, you know? Yeah. For being present. Yeah. And it's so funny when you say being present. Like, mm. you you have to do present. Right, like you, yeah. You know, like... Like, you aren't just present. Right. So, it's... Um, but it's but it's the awareness of the presence. It's the conscious awareness of being consciously aware. Right, Yeah. Uh, which isn't personal. And, and that's another sticking point. It's not a feeling of, no, I'm doing, this is me. Yeah. It's not even that. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, part of that's just Western, you know, hyper fixation on individualism and stuff. But. I know, but it's really, uh, whatever that, fe- that sticking point is, is from Ryan personally or whatever this story is, he cannot fathom not feeling like I'm me. Yeah. It it sounds terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I mean, I was just going to say that's that's why, you know, so many people cling on to the the idea of an afterlife and in in their conception of it, it's not much different than what they how they experience life now. Right. And it's like that's cuz you don't want to let go. You don't want to see the experience end. The way that I've heard it, and we've talked about this too, uh, we're going to talk about everything the same uh, every time. But, but this is really, it's all the same thing. So it's, yeah. it's, there's a feeling of me and it's not a thought. There's a thought of me and then there's a feeling in the body of being me. 
I am separate from this stuff. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the thought of me. It's just, it's like, you feel like, it's almost like, um, what do they say? Uh, it's like a wave in, in the ocean. Uh, the, the wave is the water, but it seems like a separate wave. Yeah. The, what is it? The, um, the awareness of the consciousness is when the wave realizes it's the ocean or something like that. Kind of. Yeah. yeah but, but the, how could the wave ever realize the water? Because the wave is the water. Right. That's what I mean. So, yeah. Um, so it's like, it's taking this thing that isn't real in the first place that's trying to figure out all this way to not be what it, it thinks it is. Yeah. And that is an impossibility because that s- sounds like the stupidest shit ever. <laughs> ever. It, it sounds like, I mean, if you, if you laid it down and, and just read that over and over again, and it might do something really cool to you. I don't know. <laughs> or like you might disappear. I don't right, know. Yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. Like, yeah. But it doesn't stop the story from going on and it doesn't stop the, the body or the, the tangible feeling of me. It's almost like a, an, a condensed energy feeling like, a, like I'm here. This is where you at. Well, you ask different people that I feel like I'm behind my eyes. Yeah. In the middle of my head, maybe, or yeah. maybe a few inches behind my, that's where I feel like I am yeah. because I'm an analytical type person, I think. Right. Yeah. I asked Sabin and she said below that, like it kind of in the heart area. Mm. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would think eyes. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my uh, mind is, uh, behind my eyes. But then the next, the very next thing would be my mouth. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't psychoanalyze that, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> like, where are you located? <laughs> right. You know? and it's, Big toe. It's pretty interesting where uh, that's the first time I ever really heard that anybody say that because, you know, you go through this little exercise of like slicing things away, imaginary. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, am I below the waist? Mm-hmm. Am I above the waist? You just keep going until you reach this weird spot of like, Oh, okay, so what I am is this uh four inch by two inch rectangle, maybe about three inches behind my eyes. Yeah. And then the thing after that is, okay, well, you just are looking at that right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that can't be what you are. Right, yeah. Try yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the command module. Everyone wants to think it's the, the It's another thing. <laughs> right, yeah. It's another story. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, in the, at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's just stories, and it, and it's just people trying to understand their experience. And uh, some people will take easy answers, and some people will take no answers. So, to sum up, there's no free will. There's no choice. There's no you. There's no now. There's no time, and you can't know nothing. <laughs> that that pretty much is it. Also, um, f- f- fun little challenge for everyone. And the next week, just really try to see where your thoughts originate from. Just give it a go. Yeah, maybe I won't put that first part in. <laughs> yeah, in, in the game, the dream, the whatever, like in the fun of it, just play and maybe try to do experiments and see what it means to be where you're actually at. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, and my favorite thing for my own personal amusement is if I think this, how will I feel like emotionally? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Too. I love that game. Yeah, because the emotion really drives everything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if we're going back into the, this whole dream thing now, like it's just everything's possible. Right. So it's almost like there's a formula. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but and and that's that's the whole thing. If everything is possible, that also means nothing is possible. Right, <laughs> right. That's a, that's what it means. But yeah, I mean, what you know? Why not? Why not play? You're here to. It seems like we're. I well, no, we're not here for anything. Yeah, we're not. Uh, but we're not here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. God damn it! I know. <laughs> All right, we better stop. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Oh, yeah.